morning, Robert. How are you doing today? Good morning, LinkedIn, and good morning, Doreen. You know, Doreen, today, today, today. If feeling good was a crime, I'd be in jail. Oh, that's a good one. I like this one. Let's call the cops then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a positive day today. That is wonderful. And hello, everyone. Welcome and good morning. LinkedIn every Saturday here, my friend Robert and I, we are here to entertain you for half an hour. We talk about topics that are juicy, trending, controversial, and with no BS. That's why if you're here to have fun, you know, and to speak up your mind, this is the place to be because this is what all we are about. And as usual, use the comment section to let us know where you are tuning in from. We have a beautiful international community. This is amazing. And, you know, use the comment to share your questions, share your thoughts, your opinions, your own experiences, right? And because our friend here, let's say hi to our friend Shim is always happy when you leave a comment and join the conversation. Now, <laughs> I feel like every other day there is something new trending under the sun when it comes to uh, the corporate world and the workplace, right? And today, let me tell you something. Apparently, <laughs> desk sharing or hot desking is the new black. Yeah, yeah, you hear me right? <laughs> You know what? You're right, though. Doesn't it seem like there's always some new trend? We went from quiet quitting to now desking or desk sharing and all that good stuff. So, but let me ask you, Doreen, do you do you do you share your desk with anyone? So personally, no, because I work from home. But let me tell you a story, actually. You know, my husband has been working remotely, 100 percent remotely since the bid the since the beginning of 2020. And so now, you know, with all this debate about, hey, people, come back to the office and the people who want to stay home and, you know, all this battle, like at his job, actually, his company, they have found the middle ground and they told their employees, okay, you come to the office four times a month and that's enough, right? And the way they get organized, they go online, they book a desk, they go there, they spend the day, and they come back. So, like desk sharing, I didn't know that was an issue until Google <laughs> decided to make desk sharing their new policy. So, let us know in the comment if you have heard the recent story uh, about Google, who, amid you know the massive layoff that have been going through. Uh, uh, that they, they have been going through, they have decided also, you know, to uh, apply desk sharing as a new policy for their worker, for a department in particular. But let me ask you the question, Rob, because it looks like you are in a co-working space and, you know, co-working space boomed and were created, especially with the idea of sharing a desk and, you know, being mobile and flexible. So do you share your desk? You know what? Currently, since I work at home and I work for myself, I don't share my desk. But here's the thing. I don't have a problem with sharing my my desk. The only thing I don't share are my cheese balls. I mean, we all know that. I don't <laughs> I don't mind sharing my desk. But think about this, though. Most of us, when we went to college, we had a roommate. So we had to share a space with the roommate. 
And when you start sharing things with people, sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad. Like mm-hmm. I remember one of my roommates, we're still friends to this day. Heck, he might actually be watching right now. He might drop a comment in. But he was the one, one of he was one of the best people I'd ever met in my entire life. He made college really fun for me. Then I remember I had one roommate. He was only my roommate for about two weeks. Oh man, he was bad. He was a good person, but boy, his hygiene habits were lackluster. And apparently, so were, so was his intelligence because he he really didn't didn't make it that far or that long in college. But but <laughs> we share stuff as humans. That's kind of what we do, right? We we share certain things and we other do. things. We don't. Yeah, we do. But I think still there is a difference between sharing your living space and sharing a desk you know an office space but for those of you who might not be aware of what's happening at google let me do a recap a quick recap so a couple of days ago yesterday or a couple of days ago at least this week you know um google has decided for that for their google cloud people okay so people working at the google cloud department uh, uh people so the workers will be matched with a partner with whom they will share a workspace. So let me get this here. Okay, pairs of workers are expected to report to the office on alternate days to ensure that a desk is free with employees asked to work from their shared space at least two days a week. And here I believe where they are taking it to the next step is they are not asking you to share your desk with everyone and you know like every single person within the company no like you will be two people so at least you know who you are sharing your desk with and i'm going to come to the comment shortly so i would say and robena we have talked about it that there is a lot of positive things happening there even though they are receiving a lot of backlash but here's the issue And I think, though, their communication department, their communication team should be fired because what like triggered people is the fact that they justified this move in a way to improve real as real estate efficiency. So they are making making it look for them, all about them, making more money about them, real estate efficiency, not even taking into consideration how people feel and what they think about it. What's your thought on this? Well, here's what I want to know. I want to know from our audience, what in the world do you think about this? Because Google, now think about this. We're in the middle of heavy layoffs. The tech companies have laid off tens of thousands of people. And Google has said, because of those layoffs, we're going to have you share desk. You're going to share with the same person. And that's the compromise they're asking for you to come into the office two days per week. Now, if you remember several years ago, People were saying we're scared to go back to the office and we found freedom and flexibility. And if you try to make us do what we don't want to do, we're going to quiet quit on you. So now Google is saying, hey, look, we just want you to come in two days a week, but we really do want you to just share a desk. So I want to know from everybody listening, would you share a desk under those circumstances? Are you okay with that? So now back to what Doreen asked me. I'm okay with sharing a desk. I think that we have a selfish bunch of people that won't do something as simple as sharing a desk. I think that in life, there's a lot of give and take and there's a lot of compromise that needs to mm-hmm. occur. And, uh, and I, I think we have some shows from last year where we talked about this though, Doreen, how the pendulum had swung all the way over here to where the employees had a lot of power and control 
And then it's also bad if the companies have a lot of power and control. Mm -hmm. There needs to be some sort of balance. And I don't think Google is asking for too much. I think that we live in a society where sometimes people are uh, too self-centered and don't want to compromise. And the thing is, why would you like a dedicated desk if you go to the office only twice a week? Yeah. Like, what's, what's the motivation? What's the narrative? What's the logic behind? And so why we leave you the time to uh, put all your comments and answers uh, in the comment section, let's take a look at who is on the show with us today. So Dan is here as usual. I, yes, uh -huh, uh -huh, a good live show this morning. Thank you for joining us, Dan. Thank you for being a regular with us on the Good Morning LinkedIn show. Uh, Catherine is here. Hello, Catherine. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? Abdullah Hussein also is here. Who else is in the place? Gail. Hello, Gail. It's nice to see you. Greetings and welcome back. So here we have a comment from Dan who says, companies don't want to spend money on real estate, but want people in the office. How do they expect employees to show their individuality if employees don't have their own spaces? Oh, that's a good one. Now, here's what I like about Dan. So Dan has a good way of bringing up alternative points, and he actually makes me think quite a bit. So Dan and I agree on a lot, and we disagree on a lot, but we have really good conversations. See, this is what I think, though. I think you make a good point. They don't want to spend money on real estate but want people in the office. But I think, too, as a company, I can't believe I'm about to actually side with the company. You know, that's very rare, right? Because Doreen and I, we talk a lot about the employee and we're advocates for the employee, but Real estate is very expensive, and um, I would much rather a company uh, spend less on real estate and pour more into other things so that I can keep my job than to have massive buildings that bog down their financial state. So, I mean, you guys know I'm by, by nature, I'm an accountant and a CPA. So when I look at the numbers, there's massive amounts of money being spent on real estate that could actually be put back into developing better products or services, employee raises, employee development, and things like that. And that's what I mean when I say there's a compromise, because there's a lot of money spent on real estate, a lot. Usually, this is, this is the major expense, actually. And in an article about Google I was reading, uh, it was saying like, like real estate is about I don't want to give a number because I don't want to I don't want to give a random number because I don't remember it exactly. But it was like a big chunk, like most companies. Right. Real estate usually is a big chunk of uh, the budget. And we have someone here. I don't know if you can see her name that's or Tracy. his name. Tracy, yeah, who says Tracy. we share a plane, airplane seat, don't we? One one owns anything. One one owns anything. Well, and I think Dan had a really good rebuttal to that. He said, but Tracy, in the airplane that we choose to be in. So I think that's a very good point. But I think to that point, though, it's also a job that we choose to work too. you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are asking people to come to a workplace. They shouldn't have to be. They are already unhappy. Now they can't have their own space. But if they are unhappy, why don't they leave? Yeah. So here's what I will say. I do agree with Dan on that, but I also think this is one of those parts in life where you just kind of compromise some. Uh, yeah. None of us can have it all. The company can't have it all and the employee can't have it all. And on the balance of probabilities, I think 
it's better to compromise on the desk than uh, uh, not have a job or not get the, the the training that you need because they're spending too much money on real estate. And that's where I'm going with it. Mm-hmm, I think yeah. the picture holistically, I can't mm-hmm. believe I just took a company side. God. No, but you know, I would agree on this one with you, uh, uh, Rob. And and again, to, to, to your point, Dan, why would people stay in a place where they are not happy? Like, right. especially into this market, you know, like where like we have as employees, we have the option now. We have the option, you know, it's we are going through a challenging time, but still we are in a better position than ever before to make the choice to stay in a place where we are unhappy or to make the choice to move on and, and try to build something different. So for everyone, no matter what the situation is, that could be with the with the with the with your employer, that could be with anything else. If you're in a situation where you are unhappy, don't stay there, right? Don't stay there. And I want to welcome also. Mono Ara Olivia Samia, who is here with us. Gerin also is joining us. Kimberly says good morning, good morning. Um, so now let's move on to uh, you know the pros and cons actually of desk sharing because with everything and every topics that we are bringing here on this show we are sharing of course our opinions you are sharing your opinions also it's no it's not about you know being right or, or being wrong it's about creating a space where everyone can express you know how they feel and what they think about a given topic but we are also all about you know trying to to balance and look at the pros and cons and how we can make it easier what are the the practical things that people can implement to make it easier so they feel better uh, at work at home and in everything that they do so now the pros and cons of the hybrid okay because now we are fully talking about the hybrid workplace what would be the pros of it uh robert oh so the pros of a hybrid uh workspace well Oh, I lost my whole train of thought, Doreen. <laughs> it is suitable. It is suitable, my friend, for hybrid offices, right? Which is what we are companies are trying to figure out. Ah, yes, yes, very suitable for a hybrid office. So that, yeah, that, that's a major plus with hot desking is it's high, highly compatible with having a hybrid workplace. So when employees have the flexibility to work from home and the office. You kind of have the flexibility of having your own desk space that's shared with others versus having a dedicated space. So I think that's I think hot desking is suitable for a hybrid work environment. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Another pro also uh, that could be looked at is that it encourages collaboration. Right. Some some people advocate that hot desking um can encourage collaboration by facilitating the employees to interact with different people rather than speaking to the same colleagues every day right of course you know you it will have to be a hybrid work model as uh, robert just mentioned but that would be relevant you know for many uh, for many employees to be able to connect with other employees from the organization and to network, you know, 
and and to grow that net their 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 close uh, cycle I, I strongly believe it can encourage collaboration and it can facilitate uh, um, relationship building within the organization because you never know and again i will take my my husband as an example like sometimes he will go to the office and he will see like the big big boss when that would have never been possible before right because it was so compartmentalized but now they just book uh, their office desk on the system before going there and it can happen that he will book on the same day like you know as one of the the top leaders in the company so this is a great opportunity to collaborate but also to build your network i would definitely uh, add this one on this one another pro oh another pro cost effective and space saving now amongst one of the biggest arguments for for hot desking is the ability to save space and therefore companies can save money in fact moving to an open hot desking layout can save as much as 30 percent on the cost of running an office and with that savings there's a lot that companies can do they can pour that money back into certain things but you know it got me to thinking a lot of times what people don't like is they they don't like that they you know can't have their own space but i think that some of that is just them not being organized because could you imagine sharing a desk space with somebody that's just sloppy just just sloppy <laughs> could you imagine so that's for the pros people that's for the pros now the cons because i see in the comment that uh, a lot of you actually so i would say it's half half 50 50 some of you are okay with sharing and some of you are like, uh, uh, this is not happening. So now let's look at the cons of, you know, desk sharing, right? Let me put it out here. So potential for disruption, okay? Among the biggest arguments against host desking, it is the potential to cause disruption in the workplace. When people are not guaranteed their own workstation, they may waste time to looking for an available desk and then sitting setting things up the way they like them, right? So sitting around different people each day can also create a sense that the office does not have a real continuity. And some employees could find that the lack of routine impacts their productivity. So that one is really good, actually, because in the pros, I was I was saying that, you know, it can sparkle like collaboration and it can represent networking opportunities. But on the other side, depending on your personality, you know, that can impact uh, your productivity if you feel like having a routine is essential for you. Now, here's where this one kind of confuses me some, though. I understand the potential for disruption, but I think a lot of the problem is that people are not organized or not as organized as they should be because when you think about it working from home some people take the time to go to a coffee shop on occasion and then they pack up their things and they unpack their things and if you're organized you can work from almost anywhere i just came back from a flight yesterday morning from uh where was i st louis missouri i was gone for three days and i left at 6 a.m i worked in the airport i worked in the hotel i did some training on thursday I flew back early yesterday morning. I worked in the airport. I worked on the plane, all because I'm fairly well organized. I got to thank my buddy, Garen Bellini, for sending me my micro studio bag. So yeah. everything is in this bag. My laptop, my mouse pad, you know, my lights for my show, my camera for my show, my microphone. 
everything is organized to where I can work almost anywhere. You can just give me one table in a Starbucks and I can set up shop and work. So I think some of it is the lack of organization. And and listen, I would, again, this is rare on this show, and that might be probably the first time that it does happen. And correct me, uh, Rob, if I'm wrong. But here is the thing. What would, what would companies, big companies and, and medium-sized companies as well, right? Why would they keep investing in real estate when actually the, the millennials who are now uh, the, 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 the major generation, right? Uh, active generation in the workplace and now the Gen Z coming up uh, into the workplace, like they are not even looking to, 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 to have an office, right? To be in an office. They are looking for flexibility. They are looking for freedom. That's what we call freedom, right? Some people call it flexibility. So why as a business owner, why as the CEO of a big company would I still keep investing investing in real estate when i what when i know and i have the data showcasing that what's what people want actually so for the the biggest generation of active people in the marketplace again and you know the new generation coming up the gen z they are not they are no longer looking to be seated uh, at the desk uh, in an office space all day long so for me that's uh, that's that would be dangerous to not take it into consideration actually as opposed to you know making the change happen now you know with some challenges and some people you know being up against than ignoring that this is the change that the younger generation are asking for yeah we, we've got some good stuff going on in the chat i'm trying to figure out do we need to go there now or, or wait because some people are talking about point number three so let's hit point number two and then hit the, the, the chat because there's some good stuff going on. So let's the second, go. Yeah, the let's second go. con is that uh, it can hinder a sense of belonging. Working where you're hot desking and you're not consistently in the office with the same people, you can feel like you are not a part of the organization. But again, we wanted to work from home, didn't we? So if we wanted to work from home, it's up to us to have other measures in place to ensure that we can create an environment that has good morale. So, you know, you want to minimize employee turnover and maximize that morale. So you want to create a sense of belonging in the environment. And sometimes hot desking can get in the way of that. That's very true. And number three, we will get to the comment right now. Number three, from all the articles that I have been reading and people's reaction on, on LinkedIn as well, Number three is by far, by far, <laughs> the, the, the one that is the most, uh, with the most mentioned in, in, in everything that I read about. So in your opinion, do you know what is the major cons that people are up and against when it comes to uh, sharing your desk? Leave, leave your thought in the comment. Let, let's give it a guess. And you know what? One person has already guessed it right. And I'm going to see if you can find the comment, but he's mm. hit it spot on. And uh, Dan has something to say about that as well. But yeah, we've got one person who already guessed what the number one con is for desk sharing or hot desking or whatever term your organization uses. And I do think that this one is a big one, probably the biggest one because, well, 
it's probably the biggest one. So what do you guys yeah. think is the biggest con of desk sharing? Ooh, Gail says she doesn't want to share her desk with another person. What if you had to, Gail? What if your company made you and said that it was mandatory? And I would be curious to know why. You know, why Why? Why are you so reluctant about the idea of, yeah. uh, of sharing your desk with someone else, especially if you go to the office only once or twice a week? Uh, Gail says Yeah, germs. on point, the germs. germs. Now, so let's just go ahead and pop it up. Mr. Garen Bellini actually hit it on the head. He said, I hate sloppy desk people. And then uh, mm, yeah, my friend Dan so lovingly said, Garen, can you imagine sharing a desk with Robert? The thing would be covered in cheese ball dust. <laughs> but you, you know what? Better, you better wipe it before you go. That's the Here's thing. Here's the thing, though. though. Here's the thing. Speaking of Garen, see, like I said, Garen is the founder of Micro Studio, and he has this nice bag filled with all of your equipment that you can get from him as well. So for those who need some sort of remote producing and stuff like that, when you're on the road and you're by yourself and you just need all your equipment, get you a nice little bag to carry around with you everywhere. And it makes your time so much easier. You can pack everything up and then unpack it just like that. So and this is and this is not sponsored. I want to say like this, no, is, this is not sponsored. I just like Garen and I like the bag because he sent me one and I said, hey, this is really nice, man. Uh, but also I do a lot of traveling and moving around and I have to unpack and pack up very quickly. And I think when you can be very neat and orderly, you can unpack everything you need for an entire day, sit down and work and then pack it back up. And it looks like you were never, ever there. Yeah. And actually he just dropped the, the, the link in, in the comment, if you are interested. So hygiene and well-being is the big is the big the number one the big number one cons when it comes to desk sharing so there is some evidence uh, to suggest that desk sharing can be bad for employees because it can lead to hygiene issues when multiple people are using the same equipment throughout the working week and even on any given day germs and bacteria can be spread more easily so well-being can also be adversely affected now wait a minute i no. understand but i don't understand here because personally i remember my days working in an office i would always have wipes with me and every morning even though it was my dedicated office every morning it was just part of my routine. I would grab a tea and I would clean my desk, right? That's what I would do. So You know like, what, though? Here's the problem. Not everyone thinks that way. So I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. I worked for this one company a while, well, who in the mid-90s. I worked for this one company and we had our own cubicles because, remember, everybody was back in the office at that point. But there was this one lady who worked at the company. Oh, I almost said her name. She was so nasty. If you looked at her desk, it was powerful of paper. It was powerful of food. It was powerful of everything. You could smell what she had had for lunch every day that week. Thankfully, I was on the other side of the office, so I only had to smell it when I went over there. But I remember, and she was one of those workers. She was there every day. She came in early. She left late. One day, she took off sick. One day. Man, they went in and they cleaned her desk. <laughs> they cleaned.
cleaned her desk out for her and they had it looking sparkling clean. She came back and she cursed everybody out. She was mad. But this woman was filthy and it was her own desk. It was so bad that the smell permeated all throughout the office. There was food. Oh, this is disgusting. It was, it was horrid and horrible. So not everybody thinks that way. That's the problem. So, yeah. But, you know, the, another thing I think is important, too, though, in all seriousness, for companies that do want a hot desk, I think you have to make sure that it is feasible for people to work from home and to hot desk. And what I mean by that is you want people working at home. You should be subsidizing their Internet. You know, you should make sure that they have a comfortable. So here's the deal. Right when the pandemic started, I remember this one young lady posted that her company actually paid for her a desk and a mouse pad and a, a stand for her computer and a chair to work at home. Now, to me, that's a small expense considering you don't have monthly office expense to make sure that your employees are comfortable mm -hmm. at home. Mm -hmm. But she was so happy with that gesture that she posted about it on LinkedIn and this post went viral. Oh, so wow. I think as a company, you don't just say go home and then just leave people hanging out to dry. You give them the tools so that they can be successful from home and you give them the tools so that they can be successful at work. So that hot desk, you better have some wipes on that desk. You know, oh, so you better. And that, that's the thing. Yeah, because if you so in the case of Google, like they will know each other person. Right. So they can have this one on one conversation. Uh, among adults. Now, let's say you are in a situation where you you it's just an open space and you don't know who has been seated at the desk before you then it's just you to have a white uh white bag in a, in a, in your in your own bag and you know when you bring it you you just you just clean i mean wherever i go you know let me give you an example when i go let's say to uh the coffee shop at the corner i will be sit and i will sit right and i will clean my table i will clean my table Heck yeah I will clean my table. I will never sit at a table. Even when I go to food court, I won't do it when I go to a restaurant if there is, you know, all the setup and all of this. But I will still clean my, my forks and, and I will clean my, my knife, you know. Like, this is a habit that you want to also implement by yourself because, yes, not everyone has the same standards when it comes to hygiene, but it's not only related to who you're working with at the office. This is exactly the same wherever you go and where, wherever you hang out, right? So if this yeah. is a habit that you have for yourself, then being the office, being the restaurant, being the coffee shop or being anything else, it doesn't make any difference because you are used to clean before you ever use a seat somewhere. But this Heck is what yeah. I do. <laughs> now, now, Gail has a really good question and statement. She said, but isn't it good psychologically to have your own assigned space does your own desk not give you a sense of belonging? Just asking, but I personally prefer to work remotely. You know what, Gail? I, and I think some of this, too, is because of the the, the generation that we're in. Mm -hmm. I'm noticing a lot of the, the, the younger generation, they kind of don't care. They prefer to work remotely, too, right? But they don't necessarily care. And I think some of that might be a Western world thing, too, because if you look at certain parts of Europe and certain parts of Asia and certain parts of India, they'll they'll sit in restaurants next to strangers. You know, you walk into a restaurant, you're seated. And, and, I, and I don't mean like you're at your table and they're at another table. I mean, you're at the same table together with some people that you don't even know. That was weird for me traveling overseas a few times, you know, and I was like, oh, okay. So it's just a different culture. But uh, I think the younger generation, some 
some things they don't care about as much as we do. I can respond to that directly belonging to the younger generation. Uh, we, we, we don't care, literally. Yeah. We don't. Um, we, we were not raised with the idea, you know, that you, you when you work for a company, there is also this notion of loyalty, right? And loyalty where you feel you belong and, you know, it's family and, you know, all of this where you will spend years. We talked about it a couple of shows ago where I was saying, like, now studies have shown that you look among millennials and Gen Z, uh, big majority, 80% 80, 80 of people don't consider staying more than two years within a company. So when in your mind you don't plan to stay more than two years in, in, your, com in your company, like, having this sense of belonging it's not even something that you will think about because you know that you won't stay you see what yeah. i mean so the, the the perspective about the work office and about work itself is completely different yeah that that was really a mind shift for me talking to younger generations i was like oh because I, I i'm with you gail instinctually i'm with you because that's kind of my generation of you want your own but yeah, it's it's a different world out there. And oh wow, so we've been there. So let's let's put on another comment before we we uh, wrap up. We have another comment from Dan who yeah, says, yeah. "Not for right now, but there is another consideration. There are a semi-large portion of the workforce needing accommodation that could include desk and other modifications. Uh, it creates an issue under the hot desk idea." Yeah, so indeed, I mean, that could be a topic on itself and ensuring that, you know, uh, work office are more accessible and that they take into consideration the needs and the real needs of, uh, you know, the, the, the employees who have, uh, who may have accessibility issues and challenges. So, yes, indeed, that could be uh, the topic, the full topic of another conversation because there is a lot to say. <laughs> yeah, on that that's, as that's well. a very good point. Yeah. Yeah. So one last word to wrap up. If there is one thing, people, you would like to share with us, what would be your last word about desk sharing and about all the craziness <laughs> that is happening and never ending about, you know, uh, the workplace? Rob, what would be your thing, your final thought? Yeah, you know, I think that there isn't a right answer, but I think for companies who decide to do it, don't simply do it because it only saves you money. Think about the culture that you're creating too and make sure that your people have appropriate accommodations to actually work the way that you want them to work. And if you approach it with that way, with the spirit of compromising and coming out with a, you know, a kind of a win-win, then it works out better. But if you just mandate it on people and say, here, here's some desk and work it out, it's not gonna work. Yeah. Have a very good weekend. Oh, that's that's a new one. That's a new one. Um, we have someone here. What's, can you see her name, his name? It's only a transition. Anyway, we will get used to it. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Who is that? Oh, that's Tracy. Exactly, Tracy. And okay, that we so we have shared our final thought, but there is a question here that I think we should address from our friend uh, um, Shifundo. Oh, I will, I will, I will leave it to you, uh, Rob. He says first, hello, and second, as an internal 
Auditor, one of our success drivers is our ability to build and sustain relationships. Given a scenario where staff prefer to work from home while clients they serve are physically working from the office, what would be your advice? Look, so here's my advice with that. Now, I do training on this. You're going to have to still get FaceTime with your clients, and that's in any industry, not just for mm -hmm. auditing. You can do that through video. When you communicate with them, have some Zoom calls, but also instead of sending dry emails, send them a video. We, we know about Loom nowadays. If you have a question for a client, don't just send them a dry email, send them a video. I do it all the time. I've actually closed clients because they've said that what they've liked is that when they asked me a question, I reached out to them with a video. They could see my face. It made me seem more human, not just like any other auditor in the room. So start sending videos to your clients when you engage and talk to them. Start having more Zoom meetings with your clients, not just any boring Zoom meetings. Make sure that they have a purpose. But you can think about, so Shafundu, think about this. You and I, we talk kind of regularly sometimes, and I've only seen you in person once in my entire life. How did we do that? We did that through WhatsApp. We did that through Zoom. We do that through uh, some, yeah, so WhatsApp groups that we're in and stuff like that. And I think that we, I think we like each other, right? I mean, you know, I think you're a decent person and a good guy, but how did I get to that conclusion through our electronic communications? It's never been in person. True. And, and if the past three years have taught us something is the, the power of the relationship that you can build through LinkedIn only. Rob and I, we have never met each other. Never in person, <laughs> right? <laughs> so listen. You don't have to meet people in person to have those conversations and to build those relationships, okay? So the third member of the family is right here, Shim. Shim is super happy and excited. Thank you, everyone, for being uh, so engaging with, uh, with us today on today's topic. This is We love having those conversations and exchanging with you. We learn a lot from you, which, which we do our best to provide you, you know, like some thought-provoking thoughts and to bring different perspectives to the conversation. And we love when uh, you, you share so much with us and that you are actively part of the conversation. Before we wrap up, don't forget to subscribe and listen to Good Morning LinkedIn. It's right here. You just have to scan the QR code. Uh, you can take a screenshot, a picture of it. So you subscribe and listen to all the episodes that we have done so far. I believe we are at episode 58 already. So the baby is growing. The baby is growing. And thank you once again for being part of, of this beautiful journey. Uh, give us a five-star reviews. I think we deserve it. Don't you think so? I think I so. Think so. We're cool. We're cool guys. We're cool people, <laughs> right? Okay, thank you, everyone. You take care. You stay safe. You have a beautiful weekend. And we will see you next week, Saturday, for another live episode of Good Morning LinkedIn. Thank you, everyone. Peace out.